Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Creative Biolabs podcast series. Today, we invite David to our program. Thank you for joining us today, David. When we talk about RNA, most people immediately think about messenger RNA, because, you know, messenger RNA, also known as the protein-encoded RNA, is our common idea of RNA. In addition to protein-coding genes, the genomes of almost all species encode abundant non-coding small RNAs. They include microRNAs, peewee-interacting RNAs, repeat-associated siRNAs, 21U-endo small interfering RNAs and small nuclear RNAs. Wow how many did I just list here? It's hard to imagine we have discovered so many and named so many RNAs now. So my question for you, David, would be, what are the functions of these small RNAs? Thank you for your invitation, Connie. I'm very excited to be here. Small RNAs are short RNA molecules that are expressed in organisms and do not encode proteins. And we have just begun with the functional research of these small RNAs. Just from what we have so far, we have already learned that these small RNAs are involved in regulating a variety of functions, such as genomic stability, epigenetic programming, transcription, translation, and single protein function. In other words, these RNAs are involved in the regulation of cell growth, development, gene transcription, and translation. Which one is the most concerned? What intrigued the scientists the most is that some small RNAs are widely involved in the regulation of gene expression in cells. So the two most prominent are microRNAs and small interfering RNAs. MicroRNA is a non-coding RNA about 22 nucleotides long. They exist in a wide range of organisms, from viruses to humans. These small RNAs can bind to messenger RNA to block the expression of protein coding genes, preventing messenger RNA from being translated into proteins. Small interfering RNAs, or siRNAs, are 20 to 25 nucleotides long double-stranded RNAs. They have many different biological uses. Both of these RNAs you mentioned, microRNAs and small interfering RNAs, aren't they closely related to the RNA interference technology that's developed in recent years? What are the similarities between them? Let me first give you a bit of background on RNA interference. Recent studies have shown that double-stranded RNA composed of sense RNA and antisense RNA corresponding to messenger RNA is introduced into cells. It can degrade messenger RNA specifically. This leads to the corresponding gene silencing. And this post-transcriptional gene silencing mechanism is called RNA interference. There are many similarities between microRNAs and siRNAs. For example, both of them are about 22 nucleotides in length. They all rely on the processing of the dicer enzyme. So they have the characteristics of dicer products. 
and the synthesis of both is formed by double-stranded RNAs or RNA precursors. Last but not least, both of them are components of RNA-induced silencing complexes. So, their functional boundaries become unclear. For example, the overlapping between them in gene silencing. You just listed many similarities between them, now what about differences? The fundamental difference is that microRNA is endogenous and an inherent factor of an organism. In contrast, small interfering RNA is synthesized in vitro. They are the intermediate products of RNA interference. Structurally, microRNA is single-stranded RNA, while siRNA is double-stranded RNA. Although they are processed by the same enzyme, Dicer enzyme processes them differently. MicroRNA is asymmetric. It mainly acts on the three untranslated region of the target gene, while siRNA can act on any part of messenger RNA. Now, moving on the mode of action, microRNA can inhibit the translation of target genes and also can lead to the degradation of target genes. We call it post-transcriptional and translational. Small interfering RNA can only degrade the target gene. That is, post-transcriptional regulation. In addition, microRNA mainly plays a role in the process of development and regulates the expression of endogenous genes. Small interfering RNA is not involved in biological growth. Its primary function is to inhibit transposon activity and virus infection. Aren't scientists very enthusiastic about sequencing these small RNAs? Yes, because they want to compare the changes of small RNA transcripts between two biological samples, and this research provides a powerful means to reveal the function of small RNA in physiological and pathological processes. So sequencing all the small RNA species in the small RNA library in detail is very important. How do you build a small RNA library? I'm just curious. So a small RNA complementary DNA libraries are usually built for routine sequencing and next-generation sequencing. The construction of a small RNA library is an important step in identifying new small RNA species or using next-generation sequencing technology for comparative research. And to do that, scientists usually use a small RNA cloning method, where small RNA components isolated from tissues or cells are first polyadenylated with RNA polymerase. The RNA oligonucleotide linker is then added to the 5 end of the polyadenylated microRNA. Then, the oligonucleotides with a linker at the 5 end and polythymine at the 3 end are used for reverse transcription. Then a pair of 5 and 3 primers are used to amplify the small RNA complementary DNA. Other than being cloned in a TA cloning vector for manual sequencing, is there any other method to sequence complementary DNAs? Yeah, alternatively, the adapter sequence for large parallel pyrophosphate assay can be incorporated into the end of small RNA complementary DNA by the second round of polymerase chain reaction. I read that the method can also be used for polymerase chain reaction detection and quantitative analysis of small RNAs. Is a quantitative analysis really necessary? In the past few years, People have been surprised to find a large number of non-coding small RNA species encoded by the genomes of almost all species. These small RNAs participate in all aspects of cell function through direct or indirect interaction with genomic DNA, RNA, and protein. And yes, 
during development, or under different physiological and pathophysiological conditions, it is very necessary to have a simple and sensitive method. To detect and quantify the levels of these small RNAs in organs or cells, you know, for functional research. But aren't a quantitative analysis challenging due to small RNA's small size? How can we overcome this problem? That's right. Scientists began by using northern blot analysis, which was becoming a standard method for the detection and quantitative analysis of RNA. However, this method requires a relatively large number of starting materials. In addition, it is also a labor-intensive process, you would require a long list of equipment just to get started, for example, polyacrylamide gel electrophoresis, electrical transfer, radioisotope labeled probes and autoradiography, just to list a few. Then scientists started to divert into a simple and reliable polymerase chain reaction-based method for the detection and quantification of all types of small non-coding RNAs. In this method, the small RNA component is separated by polyadenylate, and the polyadenylate tail is added to the three end. Then, using primers composed of five terminal adapter sequence and three end polythymine, the small RNA complementary DNA can be produced by reverse transcription. Small RNA-specific primers can then be used for non-quantitative or quantitative polymerase chain reactions. Thank you, David, for giving us this insightful discussion on small RNAs. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you all liked today's episode. There will be more interesting discussion in the next episode. See you then.